like to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Friday edition of your voicemails, 317-684-8444. Why are you shaking your head? Well, we just got this email from corporate. Uh Uh-oh. I haven't read it. Well, it's well-meaning, but I just, Mm -hmm. I feel like there should be more to it than this. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. This is from the Urban One Corporate. We love Urban One, and they're very wonderful owners, and Mm -hmm. thank you for- uh, (laughs) Employment. Not cutting off my key card to get in the building. (laughs) So I guess today is Employee Appreciation Day. Okay. And it says- Dear Urban One family, Mm -hmm. after more than 43 years in business, our employees remain the most important part of our company. I totally agree. Employee Appreciation Day happens once a year, but we are grateful for your contributions each day. Mm -hmm. It is because of your hard work and dedication that we are able to fulfill our mission and create our legacy of being the voice of and the voice for the communities we serve. Thank you for making Urban One the company that it is. That is so nice of them to send. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't there be something else like at the bottom though? Like in uh, th- as a show of thanks, <laughs> here's a, a lunch will be catered in the, in, pizza in the kitchen. Or, you know, we're adding $7 to your next uh-huh. paycheck. Here's I a just, bag of oranges. I just feel like somebody forgot to type something at the end of that. <laughs> you don't think thanks is enough? Well, I'm not saying it's It's a it's job, not. Rob. <laughs> I said, thank you and gave you money. What more do you want from me? <laughs> it's, that's the agreement. You show up and do the job. They give you the paycheck. Just thought maybe, and today they said thank you, you know, even. I just thought maybe, you know, Susan or somebody who ever mm-hmm. typed that up. <laughs> part of the end of it all. Did, have you ever gotten a Christmas bonus from a job? Uh, no. Well, okay. So the couple clarifications with that. One, I was self-employed for many, many years. Okay. So I was my own bonus. But then two, Emmis, uh, Emmis only gave us uh, like a sweatshirt. Okay. They used to have a catalog. Some swag. You got to pick something out. Yeah. Uh, Within a budget. Yeah, It was like two, which was fine. It was very nice. How... <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told this this story. Um, so my wife, I many people know I met my wife mm-hmm. here. She was uh, an IT person while she was in college for the corporate part of Emmis. And uh, she had been here like three days when Christmas rolled around. Mm-hmm. But because she worked for the corporate side of Emmis, all the corporate people got bonuses one year. But she didn't. And she started, uh, we were talking about Christmas bonuses. And I said, oh, man, it'd be nice if they... Uh, It'd be nice if they did something for us this year for Christmas in terms of a bonus. And she just starts walking away going, do 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 I said, what do you know? And she goes, well, I got a bonus. She'd been here for three days. Said, How the hell do you get a bonus? She goes, well, I, maybe they just gave it to corporate. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So corporate got bonuses and, and nobody else did. Isn't that the way of it? I, t- at least we Isn't didn't. that the way of it? <laughs> and it was uh, and to steal a to steal a phrase from vacation movies. She bought herself something real nice. Good for her. Good for her. I, I, I thought about it because one year I was working for somebody and the Christmas bonus was a bag of oranges. 
Really? Really. Now, in fairness to Emmis, the like the sweatshirts and stuff they let mm-hmm. us get, those were actually very nice. I mean, they were, and I still have them and wear them, but it wasn't, I know the value of that sweatshirt. It wasn't what my wife got working as a corporate <laughs> intern. But, and you know, now that I think about it, the bag of oranges in this economy. Oh, yeah. Actually, it'd be Absolutely. Really, really, really nice. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. Okay. So let's get to some voicemails. He wanted to call, this person's calling and asking for your advice. on getting involved so i have a question for rob which is what advice do you have for someone who is doing everything you suggested to do uh, in that rant you had the other day where a friend of mine he goes to all the school board meetings he goes to all the city council meetings he he told me he's like i don't he's like i don't speak at every single one he's like but i speak at a lot of them he's like but i'm becoming burned out, disillusioned, because it seems like I'm getting nowhere. They don't listen. They don't seem to care. And the public, you know, I I talked to them before the meetings, after the meetings, on the town chatter page, or pages, I think there's multiple ones, um, and people are just apathetic. You know that there's a a gif of the guy, it's clearly from a movie, where he's got the noose around his neck, and he looks and goes, oh, first time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how I feel with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as someone who's been at this for 15 years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it works. It's a numbers game. These local governments will fear numbers. And you would actually be amazed if you can drag 10 people to a meeting and they'll get up and speak mm-hmm. what the difference 10 people can make. So the, the local government stuff is there's a good and a bad. The, the, the good part of it is it actually takes very few people to be able to make a difference. The bad is it's really hard to get 10 people to care. It's hard to get 10 people to understand. It's hard to get 10 people to be motivated. Like when I was a local elected official, the, the town hall chambers were packed every second and fourth Thursday of the month because people knew they were going to see a show. Someone was going to scream at Rob. Rob was going to laugh at him. Rob was going to say something controversial. We made it actually entertaining and people went for the entertainment. Who's going to just scream at Rob and call him a Hitler or a mm-hmm, whatever? Mm-hmm. And then how's Rob going to handle it? And one some one of those people up there with me was going to get angry with me that I served with and say something horrible about me. And we turned it into a show. But that's part of why I did that. Was we, There were never more people involved in that town, the town that I live in, Brownsburg, than when I was up there because people wanted to come to the show and they learned about government in the process. So you're saying create some drama? You got to. Yeah. You got to make it interesting. You got to stir the pot up, but you got to bring people with you because they will fear 10. If 10 people get up and say something, mm-hmm. it has far more weight than if it's just the same people over and over and over and over again. And the other option always exists to do what I did. Which is, if you just get sick enough of these people, just run for something. <laughs> now, I guess you got to have voted in two straight primaries. Correct. Here's the crazy thing about that now, Casey. I would have been ineligible to run when I ran because I voted in a Democrat primary mm-hmm. in 2008. That's how stupid this law is. Like, I, I am a lifelong Republican voter since I was eligible to vote in, for 20 years now. I've been voted in every single Republican primary other than in 2008 because at the direction of Rush Limbaugh, many, many people mm-hmm. decided to go vote you were trying to upset against the Obama, yeah. which was the most conservative thing anybody could have mm-hmm. done. And I don't think anybody would say trying to stop Obama was not a conservative thing. Yet by the standard today, mm-hmm. despite a 20 year voting history of Republican primaries, I would have been ineligible to run because I'd only voted in one primary before I ran right. after that. Right. It's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. Another phone call. This one, Mitch McConnell announcing that he's stepping down as the Senate Minority Leader, and somebody wanted to call and talk about his overall legacy. Hey, uh, Robin Casey. Uh, just wanted to ask Rob a question about uh, Mitch McConnell and his uh, performance as the uh, Republican Leader of the Senate. He wants to know my thoughts on his performance as the Republican leader. Well, Didn't we do a deep dive on that yesterday? Well, one thing that he did do is he tried to take the judiciary system more to the right. Definitely by blocking Merrick Garland. Sure. And that's what's so weird about McConnell is that that was where he, the hill he was willing to die on. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for somebody to explain that, how a guy can be just, just super liberal on a whole bunch of things and be for growth of government and government spending and all these foreign wars and all of these things. And yet, for some reason, something triggered in him on these judges. And Mitch McConnell, whatever you want to say about him, was A plus on getting those judges confirmed when Mm -hmm. Trump was president. And it's like these two things do not compute. So, I mean, his, his grade is an F. Because of the spending. But yet you have to do it with... The caveat of it's an F, but he was really good on judges. I don't even know how else you'd word that. So maybe D? No, it's an F. Still an F. I'm giving an F, but with an asterisk? I don't know. How do they do it on Wikipedia? (laughs) Isn't there a footnote at the bottom where you can go read more if you'd like to learn more? So yesterday we had Micah Beckwith here in the studio, and he filed to run for lieutenant governor and talking about the delegates and how he has many delegates that are going to show up at the convention. And here's a question about that. Just wanted to call I, um, a big supporter of Micah Beckwith. Uh, love everything about him. I love your show as well. But question for you, I know you talked about how to vote for the delegates um, in your area or district. Um, how will I know that those are the delegates that will vote for um, Beckwith? Ah, that's a great question. Okay, so just to remind people what we're talking about here. So Micah's running for lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. Micah's election is the most important thing that can happen to the state of Indiana. If he wins, if Micah becomes, because whoever the Republican is, is going to be the governor. And if Micah is the lieutenant governor on that ticket, you will have for four years an independent voice that doesn't owe anything to any of those people. The only thing he will owe something to is you, the people. And you know, Casey, there is about zero Republicans I would stake my reputation on. Mm-hmm. But I would 100% stake my reputation that Micah Beckwith will absolutely be an independent voice for four years and will on the regular call out Republicans when they are letting you, the taxpayer, down. So he is going to be selected, if indeed he is, at the Republican convention mm-hmm. in June. And what that means is 1,800-ish people are about to be elected in the May primary as delegate, and they will go vote at the Republican convention in June for the lieutenant governor. And it appears now they'll also have an attorney general that they will vote on because Todd Rokita is going to have at least one challenger. And so if there's 1,800 people, it's 50% plus one. So he would have to get 901 delegates Mm -hmm. to vote for him. And then he is the Republican nominee for lieutenant governor. So 
right now, if you go to your local county office, the website, uh, you know, county election division, voter registration, whatever, and you say, I'd like to see a sample ballot, at the end of that ballot, you're going to see the list of people who are running for delegate in your area. Every county is done differently. Hendricks County is done by school corporation. So there's like 33 people running in the Brownsburg School District for, I think it's 10 spots. And all the names are listed there. Mm -hmm. And all you would have to do, and every person should do this, and this is where getting involved matters. You want to make a difference? This, this, is it. this is it. And this is the easiest way to do this is to get Micah elected. And here's how you do it. You find those people, you, you they're, call them, email them, whatever. Say, I am voting on one thing. Who are you going to vote for for lieutenant governor? And you find out and make those people tell you who they're going to vote for for lieutenant governor. And then you'll know who the who the people are. And that's the easiest, most simplistic way to do that. I mean, like, like I already know in my district, 10 people who I guarantee you will vote for Micah. And that's the number one thing I'm going to vote on. And those people will have my vote and everybody else can kick rocks. Now, if there's more than... 10, I guess people can convince me I'd be more passionate about voting for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's that's the most simplistic way, if if that matters to you. Maybe you hate Micah. So then in that case, you wouldn't want to do that. But that guy was saying, I want Micah to win. That's how you would do that. And every person should do this anyway, because these people are voting for Republican principals and attorney general and lieutenant governor on mm -hmm. your behalf.